Welcome to Food Ed, the podcast that explores the vital role food plays in the classroom. Join us as we dive into the latest research, share best practices, and hear from experts in the field. Let's work together to create a school environment where every student can thrive. Let's become food educated together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Food Ed Podcast. I'm Svetlana Elgart, and I'm your host. I'm so excited to have Dr. Walker with us today. And Dr. Walker is an assistant superintendent of human resources at Capital Union High School. And also, she's very much involved with CALSA. And I want to welcome you so very much. And I'm so happy to see you again. Um, And I'm excited to talk to you. So uh, say hello to our audience and give us an intro on yourself, please, Dr. Walker. Well, good. I'm super excited. Good morning, everyone. I, uh, I feel very honored to have an opportunity to talk about something so critical to um, the schools that we serve. Um, as an assistant super of human resources with Keppel Union School District, I am um, uh, very happy to be here. I've been in education for over 30 years and um, believe I have a, a little knowledge about food and how it's received and taught at school. So I'm super excited to, to join you today. Well, thank you. Thank you so very much. And I want you guys to know that I met Dr. Walker at the CALSA event uh, just uh, about a month ago. And uh, there was a lot of people at that event, but I don't know. I migrated towards Dr. Walker, asked her for her phone number and everything. And this morning I thought, oh my gosh. So here we are. Um, so uh, I guess what I want to kind of start with is I wanted to start with what, how is your school district currently um, handling health and wellness initiative? Is there a health and wellness initiative in your school as of today? So um, it's definitely in our district uh, as of today. Uh, One of the things that we decided to do um, two years ago uh, after uh, the pandemic or during the pandemic, we um, hired counselors for every school site. And um, we partnered with the organization called Familias Unidas, who provides, uh, we provide free counseling to anyone of our parents, students, our staff that um, are in need. And um, that's been for the past two years. And so um, the counselors, the Familias Unidas, and um, we also um purchased a curriculum that we use that is being taught every day in the classroom for the first 15 to 20 minutes that's tied to social emotional learning. Okay. So the curriculum, is it, is it in, in school? So it's taught every morning. Is it, what, what is the curriculum on? What's the subject? So the curriculum talks specifically about um, different scenarios that children deal with whether it's regarding bullying, whether it's dealing with a death, uh, a loss in the family, um, just day-to-day challenges that our children face uh, that may be different than what they faced in the past. That's very good. 
That's very good. I I haven't heard of that. That's that's very good. So, um, how do you feel? Do you feel that it is important uh, to define um, food culture, uh, food education um, to the children from the early age? How do you how do you think? being an educator and being in the schools for so long, how is the food culture and food education defined uh, to kids today? And is it? And how do you feel about that whole subject? Um, I don't know if it's defined. I think that um, food education has evolved over the years. Um, I think that there is definitely a, a lean towards uh, ensuring that students are getting the nutritional value of from the foods that they're eating and less um, junk food, as you would say, um, with laws being passed about sodas being in the schools and having more nutritional drinks available for children. And then the vegetables, um, the um, ensuring that vegetables are being provided and that they're on every child's plate. Um, which is not something that has always been the case, but that is something that is moving forward. Um, I know for us, um, our child nutrition services um, really pushes in very deeply about uh, food and the nutritional values of food. One of the programs that we started here in Keppel is called our Food Literacy month where um, at every school uh, we provide various fruits, fresh fruits or vegetables. They're delivered each day to the schools and then um, they have an opportunity to um, hear over the PA uh, the food that they're introducing, that fruit or vegetable that's being introduced is read the educational facts about that fruit or vegetable and it's read over the intercom and it deals with, shares the proteins and the calories that it contains, uh, what time of the year that the food grows and where the food is grown. Um, and so having an opportunity to do that and have students asking questions about it while they're in the cafeteria and the cafeteria team being able to share information. And it actually pushes or engages students in a way, look, I want to try that because wow, that's grown here. I didn't know that. And, you know, giving them an opportunity to engage in the food just a little bit more. And so, um, and we found that to be very productive for students. And we see a difference in the food that's being thrown in the trash versus the food that they're eating. And so I think that's really significant. Yes, absolutely. So as a school district, you guys are really changing what you guys are serving to the kids and what you guys are showing them that they should be, you know, what you guys are giving them to at lunch and, and snacks and water and all of that. So you guys are changing it also from the um, inside of the school of what you guys are serving to the children, which leads me to the next question. I'm sure you are aware. So you are aware of the diabetes, type 2 diabetes, I want to say, and obesity in our next generation and our children Yes. has risen to the point uh, where I think we're 
an, an epidemic and every sixth child as of today is uh, pre-diabetic or obese by the age of 12. So you, you're, you're aware of this, right? Yes. Yes. yes okay. Definitely. Uh, so what do you think um, from the standpoint you being, uh, you know, uh, in the schools for all this years and seeing the uh, school system, the education system, and kind of seeing the overall, um, uh, you know, picture. What do you think as a community um, can we do today to offset diabetes and obesity and really to eliminate it in, in the children? What do you think that we can do uh, better as a, as a community? And how do you think what do you think would be the best way to attack that problem from, you know, from, from schools? Cause I think that's where the kids spend a lot of their time. in. so that's why I'm kind of asking what you, what your thoughts are. So again, I do think it goes back to uh, food literacy and understanding the, the benefits of certain foods um, and talking about, diabetes uh, and sharing what causes it, right? Like the understanding that when you do these things, that these are some of the consequences, almost like drugs, right? When you tell kids all the pluses and minuses and what drugs do to your body and your mind and all of that, then it also, it alerts them to, you know, back away from doing it. So it has to do, you have to do the same thing, I believe with food, you know, you teach them about it. You teach them about the diabetes, you teach them about uh, obesity, and you share um, the types of food that should be eaten and providing those foods at the schools. Um, As I said, uh, one of the things is just making sure that we have a variety, that we have a variety of fruits and vegetables on the plates, and that we're um, leaning more towards less high in uh, carbs uh, and and things that are, are not needed to be uh, successful and thrive in uh, as they're growing up. So um, I think the education is a big part of it and opportunities to taste a variety of foods, right? Um, you don't know what you don't really like if you don't have opportunities to try it, right? So giving them opportunities to try a variety of foods um, really is important as well. This episode is brought to you by Rainbow Chefs Academy. Rainbow Chefs Academy provides turnkey nutrition and wellness training for schools, home-based and after-school programs. For more information, please check the link in the show notes or visit rainbowchefsacademy.com. And now, back to the show. So what you just described to me is uh, food education. You, you, you think that educating um, the children on uh, foods is very important, as, as do I. I think that's, that's one of the things that we really are missing. And I think about if, you know, I think about back to the times. Do you remember where we had uh, like uh, a, a class where they would learn to cook. What's it called? Mm-hmm. Or what, what was yes. that called? Home economics. Home economics and all that yeah. kind of stuff where they were actually doing something, you know, in mm-hmm. that arena. So I think that, 
I think that I, I, I very much agree with you. I think food education is extremely important, just like math and English. And, uh, you know, uh, my, my wish is that every child would be educated on uh, food, on nutrition, on right. wellness um, from the early age, because that's where we are helping to instill their, their habits. So, um, and having variety of foods, you know, um, available. Uh, So it's almost like a circle, you know, we, we have the, the, uh, the school, we have the, the parents, we have um, the cafeteria where the children are getting the food. Um, So, yes, I mean, I think that education uh, is probably the only way that we can really get to the root of the problem. Um, how do you feel about um, children uh, making their own, you know, recipes and actually um, cooking in school? Is that something that you think would be um, successful? Do you think that that's a possibility to to uh, for the kids to be able to, you know, do a recipe, touch the food, experience different um, foods that are healthy and understanding. Is that something that the school do you think would be open to, or is that? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's just like anything else, right? You have coding and all these other things yes. that children <laughs> yes. are learning how to do. Yes, and why not have culinary arts in the schools at starting at the elementary levels, right? Um, I think that that is intriguing. You know, some of our children are more uh, tactile learners yes. and having an opportunity to feel food and learn how to um, make, um, cook certain dishes. Of course, that is spot on with engaging our children in the foods that they eat, right? And then it's nothing like making something and then being able to eat what you've made and sharing that with others. I know, they are so inspired. <laughs> They're just, they love doing stuff like that, yeah. you know, in the in the, in the the kitchen, I think that. And, and I, I know that not all schools have kitchens available, right. but I believe that uh, I believe there is a way to do this in the classroom, just like, you know, a science lab even. I think that mm-hmm. it's completely uh, doable, and I think um, education is is key. Um, how do you, what do you think about food insecurity? How do we serve the kids um, that only eat while they're in school? What are, how do we as a, community as a team, how do we kind of tackle that issue? Because as I talk to a lot of principals and superintendents and educators, I have noticed that a lot of people are talking about that as well, you know, that they have um, kids that experience that. I I have been thinking about that subject myself. I just wanted to see what your um, input would be on, on that. You know, that is definitely a fact. I mean, I remember growing up um, in L.A., um, my mom was a single mom. She had nine children. I was second to the youngest. I know that there were days when the meals that I did eat was only the meals I had at school. 
and those others were very limited. Um, we were very poor and, um, you know, I didn't realize how poor we were until I, you know, got older and, you know, had opportunities to go to other people's houses and see how they were living and, you know, what were in their cabinets, what was in their refrigerators to know that, you know, this is not normal to live like this, but, you know, that was, you didn't have an option. And so when you think about that today, you know, it's really imperative that, you know, as much as possible that, you know, I know one of the things that we try to do is uh, during the holidays, we box, uh, we collect different food items for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, and we send that home with families so that they have multiple meals that they can have with the items that we send. Um, one of the things I know we were doing uh, in the district at one point in time was providing curbside pickup of food. And um, any family that came up and with their car or walked up, they could take um, food home and it always had fruits, vegetables, um, canned goods, breads, and things of that nature. So um, we have to do more of that, right? And ensure that um, children, have opportunities to to eat on the weekends, right? Yes. Because yes. those are the days that are, are most significant yes. that they may not be getting a full meal. Yes. Well, I think that also, you know, I'm always thinking how to solve all these problems <laughs> in a in a bigger way. And I know that every school district um they 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 do they do try. I think that it would be glad. It would be great to bring in uh, partners, food partners. You know, there's a lot of food waste. Right. Um, if we could just, you know, I'm always thinking, how do we bridge the food waste with the people that really need the food, and you know, have that where the parents, when they pick up their kids, if there is food insecurity, they can have that. I'm always thinking about who are the partners. You know, how can we bridge that gap? But um, that has been in my mind, and I just wanted to. Um, get, get, get that um, thought from you, but. Um, yeah. And I know that, you know, there are some restaurants that um, the foods that they have at the end of the day, they are connecting with uh, different agencies so that they can provide food to the, like the homeless shelters and things of that nature. But even on a broader scale, like you were saying, like, how can we get those foods that are not being eaten to the families, right? At the end of the day, they have a place they can come to pick up food that yes. I, that otherwise would be going in the trash. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yes. I mean, and yes. That would be great to do something like that and to partner uh, within the community, these agencies that we could um, say at the end of the day, these are the foods that are going to be available and packaging them so that it's just a, a drop and pick up, you know, where it's not anything that's cumbersome for anyone. Yes. Well, Dr. Walker, that's why I kind of one of the reasons behind this podcast is to see if we can um, create, you know, a network and partnerships. How can we help each other? How can we create a community that's actually working together instead of everybody is working in their own 
kind of a corner. So that, you know, I think that that's very important. I also think it would be wonderful for local farms to partner with schools, you know, for school delivery, for food delivery. Um, I think that, you know, having children um, even go and look uh, how the food grows, creating gardens in the school is very, very effective way to, you know, to connect all of that. So I hope that we will get there. I hope that together we will, you know, um, people will look at this podcast and they were going to call and, you know, offer your school districts things that can really assist uh, with the problem that all of us are ha- having because we're all parents, we're, you know, educators, we're we, we people that do a big job every day. And I think that, um, creating a community and a team um, that is broad in fighting to offset diabetes and obesity in in a larger capacity than it is being done today. So it is mm-hmm. something that will actually work is super important. Um, so I guess before we go, I do have one last question for you. And that is, what is your favorite food? We are food ed, so I might as well <laughs> ask you, what is your wow. favorite food, Dr. Walker? My So, you know, for a long time, I loved uh, fresh vegetables, um, salads, um, not with a whole lot of dressing, maybe a little bit of uh, lime juice and a little bit of salt and pepper and just crisp, fresh vegetables. All right. um, If I could have, and I do basically have that every day, at least twice a day um, uh, as part of my meal. But um, yeah, I I love veggies uh, a great deal. Okay. Well, that's, that's super. So I, I, I wore the right color for you. You did. (laughs) Uh, And I'm getting hungry thinking about the romaine lettuce and. uh, (laughs) Does your school currently have a garden? Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, one of my academies is uh, Keppel Academy. We are moving towards an edu- agricultural school, and okay. uh, they are working to schedule a garden. We have uh, uh, some animals uh, as well. We have uh, a horse, a couple of pigs. And wow. Some, uh, <laughs> and wow. so uh, here in the Antelope Valley, there is opportunity for that. So. Uh, we are. We have put together a plan to have an agricultural school that will feed into our high school here in the Antelope Valley. I think you know what that's fantastic. I think that could be such a pilot project for really every school. I mean, my my personal belief is that I think that growing the food is half of the battle, half mm-hmm. of the battle, and most of the schools have plenty of. Uh, space to have a school right. garden, just, you know, just to see. So that teaches your kids so many things, seasonal eating, you know, what grows uh, it, it, at, what, at what season, the colors, you know, uh, of the foods. I think that's a, that's, that's a fantastic thing. I, I would love, you know, if anybody is out there listening that want to help the schools put in gardens, I think that that's, that's a great thing. We, we'll definitely yes. say yes to that. Right, Dr. Walker? We, we're like all in, all in. 100% <laughs> on that. Absolutely. So any, anyone willing to help support this, uh, we're, we're 
open arms and ready to move the vision forward so that we can grow our own foods. Yes, that's fantastic. Right? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, I want to I wanna, uh, thank you. So far, this has been the most wonderful podcast for me. I am so delighted to see you and um, I will be in touch with you. I am going to be sending you um, a backpack and an apron just to say okay. thank you for your time. Oh, and, lovely. <laughs> um, I'll be in touch with you. I want to thank you so much. You've given us a lot of very, um, very uh, good information. And I think that the fact that your district is working on so many different things from um, the the food from all different sides that you are doing it, you know, a little mm -hmm. bit in the morning. And then the, right. I think that's uh, definitely the step in the right direction. And um, I know that um, together, I think we can really uh, one step at a time um, do better for our next generation. And definitely, um, I, I thank you. I'll be in touch and have a wonderful lunch with full of green veggies. This yes. lunch is coming up. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube. Let's work together to create a school environment where every student can thrive while becoming food educated together. We will see you next week on Food Ed.